Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. I am the rambling madman. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Ramblings of a Madman. This is your host, Mark Ciccarella, a.k.a. The Rambling Madman. Coming at you live today with episode 10. This is our 10th episode. We've made it to number 10. That's a, I guess that's a pretty big milestone, you know. I guess the first, maybe they say the first 10 episodes are the hardest, and then from there on out it gets easier. But I, I, I've honestly been having such a good time with you guys. It's it's challenging making a podcast, but it's challenging and it's rewarding. And when you finally put together the final episode, you feel rewarded. You feel good about yourself. And especially in my case, I feel like I'm I'm doing this podcast to help people. And it feels good to you know to get this information out there and to continue the freedom of thought and the freedom of idea movement. So yeah, I'm having a great time doing this podcast. And, and uh, I want to thank you guys who have been with me from the beginning and all the new listeners I picked up, I want to give a big thanks to all the guests that I've had on the show thus far. Uh, I mean, it's not that impressive. I've only had three guests, but uh, but uh, yeah, big shout out to the uh, to the odd man out and his show, The Oddcast, and um, a big shout out to Prepper Nurse One and his YouTube channel. Uh, they didn't have to come out onto the show, and they did, and they helped me out tremendously. Uh, the Oddcast or the Odd Man Out has uh, been very helpful to me through DMs and messaging and emailing um, and offered his support and, and his help and his resources and and uh, put me in contact with some, some other uh, woke podcasters out there. And the one thing I got to say, I mean, so far, this community that I'm part of, um, this community that I'm now a part of, the the woke podcasting community or the or the conspiracy theorist community the, the conspiracy theorist content creators community is honestly the nicest community that I've ever had the pleasure of partaking in. Uh, everybody in here has been so kind, especially the bigger guys who have been so kind as to answer my DMs and on Instagram and Twitter and and take time out of their busy schedules to to respond to my DMs and 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 agree to come on my show and help me and. And and guide me. That's that, that's fucking awesome. And and it, it's kind of ironic, given that we're you know we're conspiracy theorists and we're supposed to be evil and we're supposed to be hurting the world and hurting everybody. Yet we're the only motherfuckers that are willing to help everyone. <laughs> it's so it's kind of ironic. I love that I'm a part of this community now. I love that I get to really enjoy both parts of of it. You know, the podcasting part, the content creator part, and the listener part. And because there's so many great podcasts out there. Uh, you know, you have the Tim Foyle Hat Podcast. You have the Oddcast with with the Odd Man Out, who was on the show. You have um, Macroaggressions with Charlie Robinson. You have, there's just so many, so many, many, many different conspiracy-related or, or open-minded podcasts out there. And, and it's so great that we have this community of people who are willing to, to talk and continue to talk and help each other. So yeah, that's 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 where we're at today. The mem- reminder: this is episode ten. 
Um, I'm going to be taking a break. I, I'm not going to post an episode next week, or and I, I might take a week or two off. I'm definitely taking one week off. I might take two weeks off, just so I can get my head together, plan out the next few episodes in advance, and, and become more organized, and hopefully create better content for you guys. Um, I have some pretty big guests lined up uh, for, I guess, what you would call Season 2 of Ramblings of a Madman. And I'm excited to get these guests on. And uh, it's going to be a very nice ride. It's going to be a nice journey. Great journey. Podcaster's journey. And um, I'm very excited to, to continue on and go forth with these episodes. I, I don't know if I'm going to be taking breaks like every 10 episodes or, or if I'm just going to play it by ear. But um, right now, I think episode 10 seems to be a good spot to take a break at and, and you know collect my thoughts and, and organize things. Uh, so I want to thank everybody who's been donating through the Patreon. I have another... I have another new patreon supporter uh from out in the uk uk shout out to my guy moonshine yeah so everybody's been supporting me and and helping out and and with the cost of the show and it's it's great you guys are awesome uh i want to remind everybody if you are listening to the show um try to do it on my site i don't like to rely on the big tech sites and or uh apps anymore seeing as how youtube is very uh censorship friendly and you know spotify spotify isn't too bad with the censorship as far as i know as far as i've experienced but i'm sure some other people might have some different stories but you know i I like to be able to be in control of my content and that's why i push my listeners to go to my site because the only person who can remove content from my site is me so um if you can listen to it on my site if not no big deal again there's a patreon account if you go to my website in the upper right-hand corner of the website, there is a link that says support me. Click the link. It'll take you to a page that has a link to the Patreon. Uh, same thing on mobile. And the Patreon link can also be found in the episode description of every episode. Um, exciting news. The Ramblings of a Madman podcast is now on iHeartRadio as well. Um, so now we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on YouTube. And we are on my site. So we're getting our, ourselves out there, and uh, we're expanding our horizons. Um, today, Governor Abbott of Texas, you know, announced that he was ending all the COVID restrictions in Texas. He's he issued an executive order that basically overruled all the previous executive orders he had given or issued because of COVID. And um, there is no more mask mandates. There is no all businesses are allowed to open at one hundred percent capacity. Every single business, every all entities are allowed to open at 100% capacity, and I think that's awesome. I really think it's awesome. Shout out to Governor Abbott of Texas for opening back up, having the balls to to do something. Um, it it kind of makes me jealous. I'm, I'm really jealous that I live in Pennsylvania and, and in Philadelphia to, in, in general. It, it's Everything's fucking crazy out here, uh, as they would say. I wish I, 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 wish I wasn't. I, I, I have a friend in Mississippi. He says that I'm a city slicker, and um, he's from rural bumblefuck... Mississippi. Yeah, I, I wish I wasn't a city, a quote-unquote city slicker. I'm not from the, from the actual city, but I wish I wasn't from such an urbanized area. I wish I could be from an area where people were more free. But uh, so let let's let's not focus too much on the negative. I have a pretty good episode coming up for you. I have a guest on. The guest name is the speaker. What the speaker and I are going to be talking about is something called the Mandela effect. Uh, for those of you who don't know what the Mandela Effect is, it is a very, very strange and odd and freaky phenomena. 
and it's kind of hard to explain over podcast, but I'm going to do my best to explain it. I know the speaker is going to um, give a tremendous breakdown of it and, and what he thinks causing it, what he thinks is causing it and how it's impacting. And he's going, even going to go into a little bit of the cover, the cover-ups that he thinks are going on to hide the Mandela effect from us. But basically, what the Mandela effect is, is when you remember something clear as day. You have vivid memories of it, yet it never happened, or that thing never was, or and 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 I know and I know that sounds silly and it sounds weird and it sounds kind of like Mark, what the fuck are you talking about? Until all right, so let me give you an example. A lot of people my age and a little bit older than myself grew up watching the cartoon The Berenstein Bears, reading the books The Berenstein Bears. I know when I was in elementary school. I would come home every day and watch the Berenstein Bears cartoon. And my my personal experiences with the Berenstein Bears go a step further because when I was in elementary school, the authors of the books, Stan and Jan Berenstein, they came to my to my they came to my elementary school when I was in maybe first or second grade. We had a big assembly and you know and I ended up winning a copy of at the time their their latest book, their latest Berenstein Bears book. And it was signed by Stan and Jan Berenstein. And now I want everybody to take out their phones and go to Google and search for the Berenstein Bears. And tell me what comes up. Because when you Google Berenstein Bears, it will come back as Berenstein Bears. Slight difference, I know. Mark, why are you making such a big deal? But because it was such a big part of my childhood. I know for a fact that the Berenstein Bears were Berenstein Bears. Just that. S-T-E-I-N. Now when now they're called the Berenstain Bears, S-T-A-I-N. And it's not like, oh, yeah, shit changes. Uh, there was probably some stupid reason why they changed it. No, it didn't change. In fact, for some reason, somehow, it's always been Berenstain. There is no evidence of it ever having been Berenstain. Despite the fact that myself and thousands and thousands and thousands of other people clearly, clear as day, remember ba- the Berenstain Bears. Some other examples, some quick examples. Uh, everybody's seen Star Wars. What's that famous line by Darth Vader? Luke, I am your father. Right? That's what it is. Luke, I am your father. No, it's not. That's not what it says. Apparently, Darth Vader says the words, No, I am your father. Not Luke, I am your father. No, I am your father. Here, listen to it for yourself. Dark side. Only one never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. Me. I am your father. So yeah, there it is. Uh, No, I am your father. Damn Obi-Wan. Not telling Luke who his real dad is. And I guess I should mention, you know, the original Mandela Effect, where the Mandela Effect got its name from. So there's a bunch of people, older than myself, of course, who remember back in the 90s, or, or uh, I'm sorry, the late 80s, they remember that, clear as day, they remember seeing the funeral procession on TV in the late 80s, that the funeral procession of 
Nelson Mandela. They remember that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the late 1980s. Now, obviously, I don't have this memory because I'm not old enough to have it. That being said, Nelson Mandela died in 2013. But there are people who claim that they have such clear memories of seeing this funeral procession and all over the news of Nelson Mandela dying in in the late 1980s. And I know that's like, oh, Mark, people are just having, you know, they're remembering the wrong thing. Yeah, and maybe, but there's just so many instances of the Mandela effect. It starts to get a little bit more creepy and creepier and creepier. And uh, I guess uh, another one I want to mention before we get into the episode is uh, everybody's seen Forrest Gump, you know, the lovable idiot. And uh, the, the, the lovable idiot who finds himself in every major event throughout history. Well... There's the fa- there's a famous quote in Forrest Gump, and the the quote is life is like a box of chocolates. Mama always said life is like a box of chocolates, or at least that's what we thought it was. Hello, my name's Forrest Forrest Gump. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million and a half of these. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. Apparently, it has never been life is like a box of chocolates. My, his mama told him life was like a box of chocolates, not is like a box of chocolates. That one doesn't even really make sense because why would Forrest's mother tell him that life was like a box of chocolates. But, I digress. I don't want to spend a crazy amount of time talking about all the different cases of the Mandela Effect here because I want to get into the conversation with the speaker. And a little bit on the speaker's background, uh, he is a former journalist who is now a researcher. In 2009, he had a near-death experience that turned his perception of reality upside down. And since then, he has dedicated his life to finding evidence which supports the things that he learned during his near-death experience. And he feels that the Mandela Effect is a major clue as to what's really going on in our world. And um, I think he's going to be a tremendous guest. I think he has some very interesting things to say in terms of what the Mandela Effect is, not only what it is, but how it's affecting reality and and what reality actually is, and also the sinister workings behind the Mandela Effect as a whole. So without further ado, I'm going to go right into the conversation with the speaker, and we're going to have a fantastic conversation. Keep on keeping on, keep on rambling, ramble on, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, so uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, This is the speaker, everybody, and he's going to talk all about the Mandela Effect, and he seems to be pretty passionate about it, so I'm I'm, I'm interested in seeing what he has to say about it. So, uh, if you don't mind, why don't you give us a little background about who you are or and, w- and what kind of drove you to uh, the Mandela Effect? Okay. Uh, well, uh, who I am is I'm just a regular guy uh, that stumbled down a rabbit hole uh, a few years ago. Um, back in the 90s, I was uh, increasingly um, interested in the alien phenomenon because I had a couple personal experiences and my parents had some experiences. And so 
I kind of went down that road for a while um, and then got away from that uh, when I was in college and then became an adult and had the responsibilities of life and had children and everything. And then about uh, 2009, um, I got sick and uh, ended up um, uh, experiencing a high fever. And uh, I won't go into all the details, but uh, ended up having what would be traditionally called a near-death experience or a out-of-body experience. Um, and I left my body, went into a different plane of existence, and uh, uh, was there for quite some time. And, um, and I'm not going to go in, you know, I don't want to uh, hijack the show with that story because that's not what we're talking about today. Um, but what it did was showed me some things that, uh, kind of turned my world upside down. Um, so after that, uh, uh situation and I ex those experiences, I decided that I really needed to go out and I wanted to make sure that what I experienced was real because in my experience, I was told that I would later on have to talk about it. And, um, I thought, well, I'm not going to talk about it unless I know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, so uh, at that time, I was in the world of finance. I was a businessman. Uh, I lived with a, you know, a BlackBerry and a Bluetooth in my ear. I was that, that guy that was always talking and screaming in the phone and briefcase and the whole nine yards. And this just completely changed me. Um, so I just started researching everything I could on um, the possibility that we are in a very sophisticated holographic simulation because um, that's basically the message that I got. Um, and what happened was, is I had stumbled into the Mandela effect because when you're, as you know, you'll start down one road and you'll fall into a, <laughs> another oh, rabbit yes. hole yeah. and, and you go, oh my gosh, now I have to look at this, you know? <laughs> so you just, you'll, you'll just go a bunch of dead, dead ends and have to come back and where you left off and continue to research. But so I got sidetracked for a while by the Mandela effect because I found it fascinating. Um, however, one at the, the time, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, that, not to cut you off, but that's always one of the things I love. I loved about being a conspiracy theorist or how, whatever you want to call people who like to seek the truth and stuff is that you find all these different conspiracies and you start researching one that it leads you to another and another and another. And then like, you're like, Oh my God, this is overwhelming. And then you start to realize like all these pieces to the puzzle are all connected here. And like, right. you might be getting led astray in like different, in different ways, but you're all, you're all always going to end up on the same path, which I've always found was like really cool. Right. And, and it, it does eventually all come back together. Um, mm -hmm if you can really get to the point where you can step back and see the big picture and it, it relieves so much of that stress because as soon as you find something new that you haven't experienced before in your research, you can immediately identify it and say, Oh, well that now connects right here. You know, you, you start mm -hmm. getting faster at putting the pieces together. So the, the more you stick with this, the more you keep questioning, using your critical thinking, which is trying to be squashed right now. Um, and that's very important. And that's, that's part of a plan. Exactly. Um, but we have to keep doing that because journalism today is no longer going to be helping us with this. Um, 
they've they've checked out. They're now the fourth branch of our government, um, and that's the way it is. Um, they regurgitate what they're told to regurgitate, and it, it is what it is. They're not they're not there to do any independent research or or digging no, no. or doing anything dangerous. So no, of course not. I, I was actually a journalism major. Uh, Back when I graduated high school, I went to university for a little while as a journalism major. And one of the first things like they kind of hint at, they don't come straight out and tell you, but they kind of hint at the. it's not necessarily about telling the truth. Because I, I, I'm not going to lie, I was on the Trump train back in 2018. And I thought, you know, oh my God, I, I wanted to save the world and fake news this and fake news that. And I wanted to... I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to restore honesty and integrity to journalism, and and I, so I was, I was a little misguided, but I had a good intentions, mm-hmm. and then I went into journalism school, and you know, they, they basically hint at the idea that it's not about telling the truth, it's not about you know getting you know the the biggest and the best story that you can possibly do that for the betterment of society or humanity. It's it's about making money for your organization. It's about making money for the pe- person who employs you. And I guess from a business aspect, I can't argue with it, but it really just crushed my like my drive and motivation to be a journalist. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm thankful that I found it. I found that drive and that spark again now through my podcast. I think I feel like me having this podcast is kind of what I wanted to do in the beginning. I I wanted to do much bigger things and and be like an investigative journalist and do big stories around the world. But I'll settle, settle for this. But yeah, it, it's, there is no honesty and integrity in, in journalism anymore. And anybody who thinks there is, is sadly mistaken. No, it's, there's not. Um, I remember, you know, I went through the school of journalism, graduated, and I was uh, working as uh, a writer uh, for a local news channel. And uh, the producer came to me and he said, Mike, you really got to dumb these stories down. And I'm, I'm, I'm quoting directly. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, you're, you're, you're writing up here. And he held his hand up. And he's like, we try to write as if the audience is at a third grade education level. That's what the, pretty much the standard is in the industry. And I said, at the third grade level? And he says, yes, because <laughs> the way we see it statistically and our studies show that that's about the average education or level that they can handle of information is about the third grade level. And then it starts getting convoluted and they start getting confused. This is what is in the mindset of news Mm -hmm. producers out there. This is how they see us, you know? And it makes you wonder, is, is that what they were told? Is that what they believe? And is it, is that really what they think? Is that what science says is that, you know, we can only hit or the average person can only handle a certain level of information or is it that they that's all they want you to know i think it's what they see um and then that affects their belief because when you look at uh you know live pd that show live pd or you look at yeah. the news look at the people that they're exchanging with every single day the majority of people that make the news uh, um there's a reason they're making the news. They're not making good decisions because there's no good news. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to produce good news um, because that's counterproductive to what they believe your stimulus. You know, you, you don't respond to good news. You don't buy or consume to good news. For some reason they believe that too. I disagree. 
Um, so when they go out there, they're interviewing people that give them the image that they believe is the American uh, average citizen, you know, because that's who they're encountering, you know. And, you know, and it's unfortunate uh, that that's the way the, the system is structured, but it is. Um, so this is, I was just talking about this today. Podcasting is going to be the Alamo for free speech. It's, we're all, you know, it's going to be the last place, the best, last bastion of free speech. And then eventually, you know, I believe the way that the trend is going, that they'll start somehow cracking down on that, you know. I think right. they, I think they've already started it. And um, I, I was actually listening to another podcast with a guy that I'm going to be recording with uh, in the future. Uh, his podcast is called Conspiracy or Just a Coincidence. And he mentioned in one of his more recent episodes that a lot of these, you know, quote unquote, unquote woke podcasts it seems like you know they're they're fake woke they're kind of they kind of seem like infiltrated and mm-hmm. and I, I for me personally the first thing i thought of was joe rogan is yeah. and because everybody was all over joe rogan everybody loves joe rogan i i just never understood it because to me i think joe rogan he's very he's very interesting person but from what I've seen of Joe Rogan, it it just doesn't seem real to me. It seems like he doesn't have the passion that a lot of other people in this community have, and he's more about, you know, his image or making money off of the show. And and you can't you can't knock a guy for trying to make money. But I, I also feel like in in a way like he gives you all this like surface level information, and like, but I don't think he he doesn't like. There's no like journalistic approach to it. You know, no. like there's no. There's no like trying to get to the bottom of this, and and a lot of it's like he'll he'll, uh, he'll warn you about shit like technology, and then he'll all go on to talk about how he's being involved in all this technology. It's mm-hmm. like, and, and that's what I feel like a lot of. I, I feel like it's been in, infiltrated already. Um, it's podcasting. It's it's not brand new, and it's it's um, it's been around for for a while now, and I I think like I don't I don't know. I think maybe they kind of saw this boom coming uh, and mm-hmm. uh, got ahead of the curve and tried to infiltrate it and control, you know, what they control this, what this show is and, and the the market for this show and convolute it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, Rogan plays his part uh, for information and there are guests on there that I do tune in because mm-hmm. I, I'm curious what they're going to say. Yeah. Um, are they going to, you know, confirm or give disinformation? You know, what I always like to see someone that um, is involved in the quote unquote conspiracy theory uh, genre uh, and then get on there and and uh, see if they're really trying to steer people in a different direction or not. Um, and I, I think Rogan doesn't ask the tough, tough enough questions. Exactly. To get that out of his guest. I would like to see him really dig in. And I think he used to back when he was smaller. And that's where he really, you know, got popular. But now oh, yeah, just like Alex Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So getting back to the Mandela effect and, and, and how this all ties in. Uh, I was. Uh, so I had my experience and I was doing research on. Uh, the possible simulation theories that um, would confirm what, what I would 
already had in my brain. Um, and the Mandela effect fascinated me because I thought, well, this is an interesting glitch uh, if it is a phenomenon. But at the time, I remember distinctly thinking to myself, well, it, it, it's got to be their imagination. Because at the time, I wasn't experiencing a Mandela effect. And until you experience one and you have that conviction inside of you that says, no, this is, there is something wrong here. I do not remember it this way at all. Um, you, you can't really understand the effect. You know, you could look at it and you could say, oh, it's interesting. And you could, but you'll still have that doubt until you experience it. And um, uh, I finally experienced it uh, when I moved here. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, I was uh, got a job and was working. And they mentioned that the traffic was going to be bad because Billy Graham died. And I said, oh, mm. his son died? And I said, no, his son didn't die. Billy Graham died. And I said, Billy Graham has been dead for 10 years. <laughs> you know, I remember he died a decade ago. You know, I can't remember the exact date, but I was, you know, absolutely convinced that Billy Graham was dead. And they're like, no, he, he just died uh, two days ago. And I was just, that bothered me all day. And I said, am I experiencing the Mandela effect? So that prompted me to go back, dive back into that hole. And when I dived back in, there was all these new Mandela effects that all seemed to affect me. I mean, you know, prior to 2017, I wasn't even affected by it. And then all of a sudden, I, I was just stunned. I was like, there's no way. How, how did all this change? And um, so it got me thinking. And I said to myself, okay, if this is real, then there's, there's possibilities to what this indicates. And for me personally, I think it indicates that if we're in a simulation, then a simulation can be affected just like a computer program with a virus. It can be affected by a hacker. It can be affected by somebody doing something within the program, and that sends a ripple effect to the program, and then you get glitches like that. But after doing a lot of years of checking and researching and, and looking into who's involved with certain things and aspects about this, I really think we're we're in the middle of a uh, a time war is the only way I could describe it. Uh, I think there's parties on this planet that are trying to manipulate the space-time continuum, and they're trying to manipulate it in each other's favor, whatever that would be. They want this outcome, so they're pushing us or skipping us. Like, you know, if you look at a, at a CD and the way the CD works, the laser uh, shines down on the on the reflective surface, and the reflective surface mm -hmm. has a has a pattern in it. And if you bump the the laser, it'll jump to the next line, you know. And you, your ear might not notice it, but the, you will notice it. Your brain will be like, "Oh, that that skipped." Um, and that's how the Mandela effect seems to be. It seems to be a skip in the space time, as if we got yeah. bumped um, into another timeline. So I became very fascinated with that reason because I, I thought this, if this could be shown as a real phenomenon and it's growing every day, um, it might help me with you know, my theory of uh, 
the simulation theory and, and how it works. Uh, because I do have a model that I've, I've, uh, I've kind of built up and, you know, we can always do another podcast where we go over that model of how the simulation mm -hmm. works and what its purpose is. But, um, we're here for the Mandela effect today because <laughs> we want to, we want to start with, uh, with baby steps and then we'll get to the big heavy stuff. Yeah. We don't want to confuse the audience too much here. Right. I mean, the, the Mandela effect alone is hard enough to explain verbally to somebody without just like showing them yeah. what you mean. And, um, so yeah, I, if we don't want to confuse the audience. I, I found myself making the intro to this episode and uh, I'm like, how the hell do I tell people that it it would, the Berenstein Bears used to be the Berenstein Bears and not the Berenstein Stain Bears, and like it, when you when you sit there and think about trying to convince somebody that something that doesn't exist at all existed, it's like you're fighting an uphill battle there. Yeah, well, it, it, and you know another example is, um, I just last year Wilford Brimley died, and I'm not familiar a, with that one. He's an actor. Okay, been around for years. Um, and uh, there is a large community, which I'm sorry, I keep hitting my mic. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, there's a large community out there that felt that he died years ago, back when, after the movie that he made with uh, Tom Cruise called The Firm, which I remember it that way too. As a matter of fact, I can remember in my own personal memory going to work and people saying, oh, Wilford Brimley died. And, and I said, do you think it was the diabetes? And it's a joke because he had a diabetes commercial back then. And the way he said diabetes was, a, was the, was the meme of that time, you know? So okay. I can remember saying that and, and then nobody said anything. I said, Oh, too soon. Okay. Um, but, and then he dies and I'm, I'm going, there's the, and when he, when he passed away, they showed his most recent picture and the man was, you know, obviously very old when he died. Um, I had never seen him look like that ever. So if he would have died. Oh, I just looked him up. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, I do remember him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about now. I, I haven't put the two and two together about that it's a Mandela effect. But yeah, yeah when you said the diabetes, he said, he said like diabetes. Diabetes, yes, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was another one that I experienced. And, and once I experienced those two, I just, I just dove in and I had to search and see what other ones personally affected me. And, uh, but, you know, what we should probably do for your audience is explain how this started, I guess, the Mandela effect, when it started, if you want to do yeah, that. Yeah, if you want to go ahead and break down this crazy yeah. uh, topic, so, dive right in. Okay, so what happened was is there's a, a writer um, named uh, Fiona Broom who, back in 2009, um, sh she was uh, uh, looking, she was uh, at a conference and was mm -hmm. talking to uh, some individuals, and she discovered that uh, Nelson Mandela was still alive. They, it was just a random conversation. Mm -hmm. And she said to herself, well, that, that doesn't ring true with me. I remember him dying years ago. And I remember the funeral on television and Mrs. Mandela speaking. And, and, um, and it turned out just in the, the conference crowd that she was discussing this with, there were people that like said, oh, I remember that too. 
the same thing that you remember. And she's like, well, this is, this is fascinating. So she started going into discussion groups and asking about if people, you know, and she started getting overwhelmed with answers. And then it began to grow into this whole phenomenon where people were saying, I noticed this has changed and I've noticed this has changed. And, and she started collecting all of these testimonies and she built a website. Well, the website became so popular, it actually crashed several times. And then she eventually just said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. It's, you know, I'm done. I'm, it's consumed my life. I'm a writer. I, I have other, you know, mm-hmm. uh, another life. Um, but she was the one that termed the Mandela effect. And basically what it is, is, is the phenomenon of someone remembering something happening different than what it actually happened. And the interesting thing about this effect is, especially with the internet today, um, it's very easy to have false memories. You know, mm-hmm. we all have false memories. But if you, you cannot duplicate that false memory across a large population demographic source. Exactly. Uh, uh, if, how can I have the same false memory as you? Now, if my, I could have a false memory that messing down Mandela died of cancer or something, but you may have another one that says Nelson Mandela uh, died in prison or, you know, these are consistently across the board of people remembering things happening a certain way on a, on a, on a large scale. So uh, that tells me that there's something else going on there too. That, uh, of course. Yeah. And another thing like is, the the vividness of the mm-hmm. memories yeah. like like you said about the funeral procession that's the big one like so many people remember exact specific details about that Man- mandela funeral procession on tv and like there's so and then not only the specific details but then there's like the personal experiences with all these memories that people have like it, it's just it's just crazy the especially for me in my case the berenstein bears one and I, I don't need to keep talking about the Berenstein Bears, but that's that's the one that really made me. I was like, made me go like, what the fuck? And like, because I came home every day from elementary school, watched the Berenstein Bears commercial. I mean, not commercial, cartoon. And uh, I, I had a bunch of the books. I would read the books. I watched the cartoon every day. I remember vividly it was Berenstein. Berenstein, mm-hmm. the the authors of the books, Stan and Jan Berenstein came to my elementary school for a an assembly like and they gave away an, a signed copy of the book i got that sign, signed copy wow i won that signed copy i don't know i forget how i won it but i remember vividly that i won it and i i had gotten it and um i was so excited because it was signed but like it's it's i just had these vivid memories that yeah part of them aren't true anymore and it, it freaks me out because i know they're true and then like when i when i first learned about it i i um i went and looked at all these old books of the berenstein bears and like seeing it with my eyes really freaked me out mm-hmm. like seeing that it said s-t-a-i-n mm-hmm. and like that there was no book out there that says s-t-e-i-n that that was this like blew my mind it freaked me out like i i got, I got the chills and it was just like what the fuck is going on here yeah And and what's perfect about that is that is an object that because it was a personal thing that you won and it was personally signed by the authors, you would have looked at it over and over and over again. It would have been Mm -hmm. emblazed in your memory. And I I had the 
same example for me, um, when I was in the world of finance, I traveled a lot. And I would get on a jet and I would sit in the window. And most of the time I was on the wing or just slightly off the wing and I could see the engine. And there were many times that I would travel to places where you would have to walk across the tarmac and then go up the ramp because it was in South America or a small uh, Caribbean, you know, uh, island type airport. So they didn't have the tarmac, you know. And when you're walking towards a, a plane, you're kind of looking it over. Um, and I can remember where the position of the jet engines underneath the wings. And mm-hmm. what happened was, as I started looking at jets recently, passenger jets, and I made the comment, I'm like, you know, man, no wonder the airline industry is suffering. They had to remodel all of these planes across, you know, all of these fleets. And my friend was like, what are you talking about? And I said, the, the, the jets, they're now forward of the wing, very much forward, almost to the point where the, the back like end of the not, jet. They're not underneath the no. wings anymore? No. I mean, I've never been on a plane personally, but I, from everything I've ever seen, I, I, I remember the, the jets being underneath the wings. Look at or the now. engines. And the guy said to me, that's, that's the way they've always been. And I said, no, they haven't. No, no, they haven't. And we got in an argument. So I went on the internet and this, because when you go on the internet, you can go back and look at the original Air Force One and the wing, the jets engines are now pushed forward. I mean, they're, they're not even under the wing. They're Holy almost, uh, are you looking at them? <laughs> what the heck? It doesn't even look natural. It doesn't. It doesn't look right. As a matter of fact, here's what's really interesting about this Mandela effect. There was a guy that was convinced that the way the jets were now were not uh, capable, uh, would cause too much turbulence and would actually cause the planes to um, lose altitude. And he was a he was an aerodynamic uh, engineer of some kind, and he he wrote a blog or something online. I remember reading it. And after he wrote this article. There was a, a, a foil, like a, an attachment, added to the jets, and I, have, I don't have any images up, that appeared out of nowhere and then historically was in effect. So that's the thing that's so crazy about this phenomenon is not only does it change in real time, but it goes back throughout the history and changes it. So there's this consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that suggests to me that this is a, this is a program. It's a. It's a. Um, it's in a, uh, It's something that could be um, rewritten uh, or changed, um, and somebody's doing it. Now, who's doing it is the question, because um, there's so many candidates. <laughs> uh, I have my theories, but um, you know, I just have theories. That's all I have, and speculation. I can only you know look at the big picture and say this would make logical sense if X, Y, Z was involved in this, but, um, and it could be just a simple fact that the, that there's something wrong with, with, uh, with our space time continuum. And this Mm -hmm. is the after effect of something else going on that we can't see yet. Um, now I do want to mention one thing though, on a side note, and these are just interesting coincidences. The same time, almost at the same time that, um, 
this woman, uh, uh, Fiona, um, I forgot her last name. I'm sorry. It's okay. I forget Fiona, her name. Fiona Broom. Fiona yes, Broom. Uh, at the same time, she started noticing these effects. Uh, there was a couple interesting coincidences. And um, for instance, right after she started noticing the effects, right before that happened, there was an accident at CERN. And it caused the collider to be shut down for 18 months. And matter of fact, they didn't even issue a report on it for a year. And then the report that they issued um, was a very, how do I put this? What they say happens doesn't add up to how long they were shut down and how long it took to issue this report. Does that make sense? And, and you're, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And, and what you're, you're talking about the, the large Hadron Collider, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just for the people who might not know, do you want to explain kind of sort of in layman's terms what that is? Sure. It, it's um, what they're doing is they're sending, they have this huge, uh, donut, um, miles long. I think it's miles long. I, I haven't checked on the, yeah, I'm pretty sure it is yeah. miles long. I haven't checked on the actual dimensions. And what they do is they, they fire particles, uh, from a point, but they fire them in opposite directions. Those, those go through a, a, uh, assist, a, a vacuum and they speed the particles up to the speed of light. Um, and then they collide them. And what they're trying to do is recreate the Big Bang. Exactly. And then get the measurements of the Big Bang. Um, that's what their official role is. <laughs> and uh, CERN, for you guys who don't know what CERN is, CERN is a organization in Europe. It yes. stands for European Council for, for Nuclear Research. And uh, if you say it in, uh, I think it's Swiss... The, I'm pretty sure that it's. Oh no, it's French. I'm sorry. If you say it in French, it, it ends up being the acronym CERN. CERN is uh, they they do nuclear research there, and it, there's a bunch of high paid scientists and that that work there, mm -hmm. and they're doing some pretty. They're they're trying to play God basically, yeah. is what they're doing. It, like you said, recreating the Big Bang, yeah. and. Um, Interesting fact, they have a statue statue of the Hindu goddess Shiva, mm -hmm. the destroyer of worlds, mm -hmm. in front of their, their facilities. Uh, have you seen the uh, secret footage that was taken of the ritual that they did around that statue? You know, I haven't. I've heard of the footage, mm -hmm. uh, but I, back when I, I had heard of it, I was trying to find the video and I couldn't find the actual video. It's pretty disturbing because they actually... Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't doubt it. They uh, sacrifice a woman in front of it. And the person that's... Uh, like an actual woman, mm -hmm. a live woman. Yeah. And uh, the person that is filming it from a window um, up about maybe the third floor, uh, they, they just go, oh, shit. And they drop the camera and they run as soon <laughs> as they see that person. Because at first they're filming it like, what are these people doing? They're, they're wearing these robes. They're in a circle and... And then this woman lays down and this person pulls out this dagger and plunges it right into her chest. And then the person's like, oh, shit, Jesus. you know, and a lot of people are like, it's fake. But OK, let's say it's fake. Let's say, yeah, even if it is, let's say there's no doubt in the video that they were at the CERN facilities. It's mm -hmm. there's you can't uh, 
recreate that set, <laughs> you know. Um, and there's no doubt the person is, is filming it from a window because you can see the reflection of the lights on the window. Um, so let's say the CERN people were, I, maybe they got drunk and just decided to put on robes and, and you know. Just, do a mock execution. It doesn't make sense. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's it, like the same exact shit with Bohemian Grove. You know what Bohemian Grove is, right? right? Yeah. And like the, how they do the mock, like Alex Jones, back when he was the real deal, he infiltrated Bohemian Grove and had that footage of them doing the mock execution sacrifice shit. And like, quote, they say it's they say it's a mock execution, but like, even if it's not real, even if it's fake, why the hell are people in power doing yeah. shit like this? Yeah. Like, I mean, I've never gone. Weird. I've never gone to a business conference and had a mock sacrifice, you know, performed in front of me. It, it there's you don't plan that without having no. a purpose, you know. Uh, so, so getting back to some coincidences, so right after this, the Mandela effect started appearing on the world scene and people started remembering things different was right after this collider accident. And, you know, my theory is possibly something happened, you know, with this at that time, maybe it was an accident, maybe it worked and they just wanted to analyze the data and say, okay, now how can we use this uh, to change the future? Um, on the same day that the CERN had this accident, the same exact day in London, um, there was a dedication ceremony for a very weird clock. And it's called the, the Corpus Christi clock. Mm -hmm. um, it's in Cambridge in London, um, and it was, the ceremony was uh, dedicated by, um, um, he died recently, the, uh, the, the physicist in the wheelchair, Hawkins. Yeah, yes, Stephen Hawkins, sorry. Stephen Hawkins. If you get a chance, take a look at that thing. Um, the occultism is just blatant in it, and it's a it's a it's a very unique clock, and Time Magazine called it the greatest invention of the year, for that year. Um, what its purpose is, no one seems to know. They call it a sculpture. Uh, but is that it, a a dra like a a dragon grasshopper combination yeah. on top of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's fucking weird looking. It is very. Creepy. It looks like the it, if you at first glance it looks like the solar system. Mm-hmm. And at night, it lights up. It's got an LED uh, weird display. Um, it's just a really creepy thing. And that's just an interesting coincidence that, you know, I just want people to go out there and take a look at that. And um, you just have all these synchronicities going on, you know. And at the same time that the Collider had um, its accident, the next day, the $900 billion bailout was passed by Congress. And at that time, I was knee deep in the financial world. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you right now, I, I, I was ready to uh, pack up and just go somewhere, you know, away from society because we were on the brink. A lot of people still do not realize how close we were to just, just, you know, total chaos um and then the day that that 
bill passed, I couldn't believe it. And I still didn't, I didn't understand to this day how that stimulus um, saved us. Uh, but it did, it did. Um, I mean, it didn't save us, you know, as a, didn't, we, didn't, we have never recovered from that still to this day. No. Uh, but it, it did stop the chaos. So I always found that interesting too, and, and quite an interesting coincidence that all of these things coincided at the exact same time that the collider has this. Like, I, actually, I think you cut out there for about oh. five seconds. Okay. You said it did save us from the chaos and then it cut out. Uh, it saved us from the chaos that would have come uh, just another day. I mean, it wouldn't have started if, you know, on the next day, but over the next three or four weeks, you would have seen just a, uh, a total collapse of our of the U.S. economy and the world economy after that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think something was done to stop that from happening, um, both on a metaphysical scale, spiritual scale, and then, you know, within the, the elite groups, whatever that is. But um, it's just a theory I have. Uh, and all I'm looking at is all the all the, the pieces up on the board and saying, well, that that's that's a lot of coincidence for one day, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so do you have a, a favorite Mandela effect or other than the, the Berenstein bears one is, I, I know it's kind of a cop out answer to say this is my favorite one, but it, the only reason it's my favorite one is because like it introduced me to all this. And like, so I found out about the Mandela effect through uh, through YouTube, actually, I, I was watching a video. I, I, I was watching... So I, I don't know what video it was that I was watching, but then in the suggested videos, it said... like It was like a video. It was like 10 craziest examples of the Mandela Effect. And I clicked. I'm like, what is the Mandela Effect? I still had a picture of the Berenstein Bears as the... the uh, <clears throat> You know, the, the picture. And so I clicked on it, and it, it talked about, you know, the Berenstein Bears one, the... Star Wars, Luke, I am your father. Mm-hmm. It talked about, um, fuck, I'm trying to, oh, uh, it talked about Forrest Gump with the, uh, with life is like a box of chocolates, but it actually said life was like a box of chocolates. Yeah. And, and, um, so I had this video and it showed me like all the, like the textbook Mandela effect examples and the, the Berenstein Bears one blew me away. Yeah. <laughs> because I had such personal connections to it. And, um, and then I remember from there, it just spiraled. I kept getting... This was... I mean, this wasn't that long ago. It was maybe four year, four-ish years. I, I was in high school at the time. Uh, so maybe f- 2017, 2016. Mm-hmm. It was... Um, it, it was. And YouTube was... Like, even just five years ago, YouTube was way different for these types of, of things. Like, you know, ten years ago, you could find a lot of you know, interesting content about conspiracy theories and stuff. And now it just seems like as the years go on and time keeps progressing further and further, shit just keeps getting wiped from the internet. So I'm, so like, I, I'm not sure if people who are listening, they, they'd be able to go on YouTube right now and find all these videos that I'm talking about. I'd imagine not. I'd imagine it's going to be pretty hard. If you do use, if you do search, uh, try to search through DuckDuckGo and type in like, Mandela Effect videos YouTube on DuckDuckGo because yeah. that seems to be how like I come across a lot of the stuff that I used to be able to find in the past is even if you search on YouTube it won't pop up but it, DuckDuckGo usually is good with finding that stuff. Well, 
when you contacted me regarding uh, doing this episode for your podcast, I mm -hmm. I haven't I haven't looked at the Mandela effect for a while, uh, maybe for a year, right? And just a year ago, when I last looked at it to just get an update on what was going on, there was you know still good information when you Googled it, uh, you know pertinent information, Wikipedia, that sort of thing. Um, now I Googled it again. And what I get is, first off, I'm on Google. I'm not, I'm not including DuckDuckGo on this. DuckDuckGo, you know, has a better algorithm. It's more free. Um, but yeah, on Google, what you will see now when you type in the Mandela effect is articles on um, mental health websites. So what that's telling me is that people are talking about this effect to their therapist and they're saying you know i'm remembering things differently and you know what what does this mean and because they would not be putting it out there unless this was a discussion that they're seeing across the mental health spectrum you know across the field of course in addition to that you have these mental health um sites and every single one of them when you first pull it up the first paragraph you'll see is You'll type in Mandela effect. The article will even be called, what is the Mandela effect? But it'll say, what is false memories? And then it'll explain to you what you're actually experiencing. You're experiencing a false memory. Calm down, you know? This is, this is very common. It's what the brain does. Now, <laughs> why <laughs> is there a campaign? And why does Google have the algorithm set up for those to be the first things you see? Uh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, and if, because if it's not a real phenomenon, is what I'm saying. Exactly, yeah. and um, it's it's very similar to when I was doing research for my PizzaGate episode that I did. You, if you Google search PizzaGate, just just the word PizzaGate, yeah. the first things that come up are why is there? It'll be like articles why PizzaGate is a dangerous conspiracy theory. Why? The, yes. <laughs> How how conspiracy theorists changed the 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 way the internet is because of a crazy conspiracy theory come to know be no, that came to be known as Pizza Gator. It, it's just all just like stuff to make you just think like you don't even have to read the article yeah. at that point because you already know what it's going to say like PizzaGate bad the PizzaGate not real these are crazy tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists yeah. and it's the exact same thing with the mandela effect and almost every other conspiracy out there that you go on google and like it it's just google's just telling you that this is wrong right this is wrong these, these things never happen yeah and then like but it, it's just it's wild to me I, I'd, I'd like to know the whole process behind this like are they paying people like crazy amounts of money to sift through the internet and block all this shit like just is that your, somebody's job all day long is to just block all this shit from being consumed by us like if so that's that's some serious dedication that they have going going on there right uh, uh, another example um i there i found an article on a um a blog that the blog is run by northrop Grum grumman i don't know mm -hmm. are you familiar with them yeah, a, a little bit. I don't know like too much about them, but I am familiar with them. They are a huge um, contractor for aerospace and defense, but may, yes. uh, they do a lot of aerospace uh, technologies. And they have a blog that is 
Well, it, it's, you know, its subtitle is The Intersection of Technology, Innovation, and Creativity. And they have scientific articles on black holes, environmental technologies, future technologies, scientific discoveries, space, those types of things. Um, and you can, you can go through here. But there was an article on here called What is the Mandela Effect? And how does the Mandela Effect relate to all of this other stuff that's on this blog? I don't know. But somebody had a meeting at Northam Grenham. There, you know, there's editors. I, I was a journalist. You, you have an editor. You have a, a producer. And when you say, I'd like to write an article on this, um, they'll be like, nah, we're not going to do that right now. Or, okay, do it, but I want to read it first. You know, th there's a lot of process yeah. involved. Um, so somebody made a decision that they needed to write an article on the Mandela effect. Why would Northam Grunham, Grumman, a defense contractor, be interested in the Mandela effect? And when, exactly. and when you look at the article, the very first thing is, the first line is, the human memory is a powerful but tricky thing. And the next paragraph is, what is false memory? So there again, you see what is false memory being just propagated out there. Um, and I think what they're trying to do is tell everybody, hey, this isn't real. This is what you're experiencing isn't real. Because I think they are involved in something that either they by accident caused this, somebody did, or somebody else is hacking the system and it's a security threat. I, I don't know, you know. China. Hacking the simulation. Hacking reality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fucking interesting. I because what's interesting is is China just had to make a statement recently. It was in the news, um, buried in the news, but and because they had they had um, somehow these designs that they were working on were um, getting out, and uh, these things that they were um, designing was. Um, stuff that messed with uh, space and time, basically mm -hmm. time travel type devices. And they said, no, we're not working on time travel because somehow I don't remember how, but the plans got leaked out. Um, and then recently the, our own um, government or contractors that work for our government, um, defense contractors and stuff are filing patents for things that discuss uh, changing the space time continuum. Um, so, you know, one thing that I remember, um, in 2009, when this all went down with CERN and the accident was, I, for me, I do not remember CERN being as advanced as they were in 2009. For me, my memory was because I, at that time I was uh, a reporter, uh, an investigator and a reporter, but I was more in a science side of it and so I was watching this CERN project with interest and I can remember they were years away from getting anything done uh, they were talking 2012 and beyond before they could fire it up and then all of a sudden I I see all these articles that they've been firing you know uh, making experiments for years and I, I just it's that's another Mandela effect for me so, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, there's so many layers yeah. to this shit. And but if if you wanna 
you know, um, if somebody goes down this rabbit hole, you know, we should probably put a, a disclosure in it. It's, it's, it's going to confuse you. It's going to oh, really. It's going to confuse you. It's going to it's it's going to terrify you as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I I saw like you know a video of somebody explaining what CERN was doing and and how they were trying to, to mess the, the 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 video the first video that I saw and the theory that was proposed was that there something went wrong with the hadron collider. Mm -hmm. And when that when when the shit went down they merged timelines together mm -hmm. and, and basically saying that the, the theory was that this is the multiverse and when they did what they did they can they collided multiple timelines together causing pretty much chaos in the space-time continuum and changing things that used to be right and um and there were some arguments that were made that maybe they did this on purpose maybe they are continue continuing to do this on purpose and it really just freaked me out that you know people could do this type of stuff and um yeah i i just i just remember like i like i was kind of like in a daze yeah like after watching those videos i remember like i had to stop myself and i put on netflix and i was actually uh, i was trying to watch like 30 rock on, on netflix mm -hmm. and um and like i just couldn't i couldn't do it like i just kept thinking about fucking CERN and how evil and, and shit that sounded and so beware yes if you fucking go down this rabbit hole it is one of those rabbit holes that will scare you and you won't be able to look away from it so you're going to keep digging in well and, and the scary part of it is is that it changes the past it not only you'll see the change and then you go and look and, and according to the world it's always been this way and you're and you just say mm -hmm. it hasn't so an example, one of the ones that really got me was uh, in the 90s, there was a show on HBO called, and I'm going to say what it was called, because this is what it was called. It was called Sex in the City. All right. Do you remember that show? I mean, I'm only 21, but I know I know Sex in the City. Okay. Are you telling me it's not Sex in the City? No. So now and throughout history, all through the Internet, it's six. It's called Sex and the City. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Nope. Oh, my now, God. Let me tell you, I had an ex-wife at that time who was obsessed with this show. I had to watch it all the time. She had the box set, DVD box set. She had the board game of Sex and the City. We had to play this board game. The board game? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust so me. this is like me with the Berenstein yeah, Bears and Sex, and, Sex this, and the City. Yeah, I saw it all the time. And for it to be called Sex and the city doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't. It's it's like when Forrest Gump says life was like a box of chocolates. That doesn't make sense. Why would his mom tell him that life was like a box of chocolates? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just... Uh, so that was a big one for me. Um, the other one is... I'm a Star Wars fan. And yes. I grew up... Uh, I'm at that age where I had the privilege of seeing them for the first time in the theater and experiencing the magic. And okay. my father and I were huge Star Wars fans, and we went to every single one of them, and we saw them a dozen times each. He That's would awesome. he would keep me out of school just to go see it, <laughs> you know. Um, and one thing I know for sure is that C-3PO 
did not have a silver leg. Yeah, that was a big one for me too because I around the same time that I was getting into the Mandela effect is when I was getting into Star Wars. Right. And then like about a year after I had gotten into the Mandela effect, I saw this thing. It was like CPO three C three PO has a silver leg. I'm like, no the fuck he doesn't. Like that that was I'm like how? Like it doesn't make sense that why would he have a silver leg? It, 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 and when I first saw uh, the silver leg, it was in a toy box, uh, a container, you know, I mean, at a mm-hmm. toy store. And I said, oh, that must be for the Nor- that must be the C-3PO that they're going to have in the, Nor- in the new George Lucas series that was coming out at that time um, that was being anticipated. So I thought they were putting the product out for it. And then I found out, no, that's the way he's always been. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, no. it's just, it's not even, um, and there's, there's so many others like, um, oh, what was the one that I, um, for me, one of the ones was Febreze. Yeah. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. The spelling of it. The spelling of Febreze, like Febreze is F-E-B-R-E-E-Z-E. And then like you look it up and. It's there's just one e in between the r and the z, and it it looks like you know how do you know the feeling you get when you first see something that that's a Mandela effect, like it like how unnatural it looks, mm-hmm. yeah. like that's it's just like it kind of like creeps you out a little bit, like it like another one for me was the uh, double stuff Oreos, yes, how how there's only uh there's only one f now in double stuff Oreos, like it just doesn't look right, like it like. Febreze spelled like that should be like Febrez. Right. <laughs> and in marketing, they're going to make it. Would you not make it Febreze, like a breeze of fresh air? Exactly. <laughs> um, to do it any other way, it does look silly. And that's, that's, that's the thing I love about the Mandela effect is that the effects are small, but they're so obvious that they're a, tilt- they're a, they're a giveaway. That something is happening, and um, you know what is happening is the next question. You know, and but what for me it does for me is satisfy the need that I have. That okay, if this is a program, a very sophisticated program, something that we can only begin to imagine, but if it is, it can be manipulated, and. I think someone or something, because it could be an outside entity outside of the simulation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one thing that is interesting was on Project Camelot. I don't know if you're familiar with their videos. Um, I'm not. Project Camelot has been around a long time. Uh, they they pretty much started a lot of the conspiracy genre back in the early days of the the first decade of the 2000s. Um, okay. And you, you can get on there and, and look at all their videos. But they had an interview with a gentleman who was um, uh, a soldier, uh, Air Force, um, computer programmer guy. And um, he supposedly disclosed that he worked for a project called uh, Project Looking Glass. Um, and uh, it was some sort of technology that our government had acquired from an alien technology which allowed them to look at timelines and according to him they were able to look at the timelines but that was all they could do um, 
and what they noticed that the timelines were all merging uh, to a center point. Um, at that time, it was all merging to a center point of December 21st, 2012. And um, he was assigned to a team to try to figure out how to stop that, that time merge. They didn't know what it meant, but they just didn't have a good feeling about it. This is, I'm, I'm really paraphrasing. You have to go back and he was interviewed several times. Um, they, f they figured out a way to push that convergence back. Um, and so when, when they re presented that to the, the higher ups, they said, listen, the only thing we can do is we can push that convergence to another date in the future. But the reaction of that will make the outcome far worse after the convergence. And they said, we don't care, do it. So, wow. so yeah, because, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the intelligence world, everything is compartmentalized. They're, gonna, they're mm -hmm. just going to say, we don't care, do it. And they're not going to give you an explanation. There could be many reasons why they have that they don't want this to happen. Uh, but that's according to this gentleman. So they pushed the convergence of these timelines. Um, and he did not give the, um, the date because once he was on the team that found the solution, the solution was then passed on to another team. So he, does, he didn't know past that point what date they pushed the convergence to. But, you know, if his testimony is correct and, and he was involved in this project, then what ripple effect did that have, you know? And, and are we experiencing these ripples and that's manifesting as the, as the uh, Mandela effect? So I don't know, but it's, it's really interesting. It is. The, uh, this is like, it, there's just so much information in regards to the Mandela effect. It's like, and it, it can be so overwhelming at, at some points. Like, not only is, you know, some weird shit going on. Okay, I can see you stumble across the Mandela effect and you're like, oh my god, some weird shit's going on. And then you, like, take it a step further and you see the shit with CERN. And then you take it a step further than that and, you're just, and you see, like, the true diabolical shit that can be happening from from what CERN is doing and then like you you just keep it's like it is the it's the ultimate rabbit hole I think <laughs> it is and it but it's a good baseline uh to start with um, mm -hmm. because uh for me it is for my research I think it's 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 wonderful I I get thrilled when I see the Mandela effect and I know that sounds sick but um <laughs> it tells me that something's happening and it's a confirmation for me, you know, um, and, and it helps, okay. it helps my cause because what I want to be able to do is, is later on, uh, talk to people and show them the evidence that we're in a simulation, um, and that it, it's being affected and it's being, it's being manipulated. So, yeah. One of the things with the Mandela effect that kind of like freaks me out is like, you, when you sit and think about like what from our lives today could disappear tomorrow exactly with the mandela effect like what if 
or maybe not tomorrow, but may, what if 10 years from now, everybody, you, you go to your buddy and you're like, yo, you remember back when we spent a whole entire year wearing masks and staying inside? Yeah. And then he's like, what are you talking about? Right. You, know, you don't remember the, the coronavirus, COVID-19, and all the government restrictions? He's like, dude, yeah. that never happened. Mm-hmm. And that could like that would freak me the fuck out if that, yeah. if like something big like that never like ten years from now this pandemic that we're in never happened. Yeah, well, there's people that have experienced this on a on a on a very personal level. Um, mm-hmm. If you and and once again, I don't subscribe to the um, reliability of Reddit. I think Reddit has been completely. Um, yeah, the Mandela Effect subreddit is absolutely dog shit. <laughs> it's it's horrible. Right, but if you get out of the Mandela Effect and you kind of search around, you'll find some testimonies and other subreddits and whatnot where people have experienced um, growing up with a tree in their yard and mm-hmm. remember playing under that tree and growing up with the tree and swinging from that tree. They'll go away to college or they'll go on a, you know, leave home and they'll come back to visit their parents. And this is one example that I found. And I found it very intriguing because she seemed so sincere. And she looked out the window and she's like, well, hey, why did you guys remove that tree? And the parents are like, what are you talking about? The tree that was in front of the garage. There's never been a tree in front of that garage. And it completely freaked her out. It was uh, the subreddit is called Glitch in the Matrix. You... Oh yeah, I dude that, that subreddit. I I've spent hours in that subreddit before. <laughs> it's, it's... A, it's a minefield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, so... I actually have had something similar. Um, I have I I have a vivid memory of being at some sort of theme park with my parents when I was young and it had to be really young because my parents split up when i was very very young Mm -hmm. so so i had to be like three i would say about three or four years old and my dad and i have this vivid fucking memory of my dad taking me on this like little tiny roller coaster thing and getting on it i was freaking out and i have a, a, a this memory of being stuck on that ride and i've asked it's been years since I've asked about it, but I still have this memory. And every time I've ever asked my mom about it, it's like it, 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 that, that that memory doesn't exist. That never happened. What are you talking about? And like, it's 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 weird. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's weird when you have those little, because because you know you you know in your in your heart when something happened. <laughs> like you yeah. know inside of you when you had, when those memories happened. Like there's one thing for like little false memories here and there. Like you. Like oh I, I could have sworn that was the other that happened the other day no, but no this is like stuff like you have emotions attached to these memories like, exactly if if emotion if I can see if there's no emotions attached to the memory why people would say that oh it's just a, a, a false memory you're you're just a slip of the mind but some of these emotions that are attached to these memories that people have are just are too real and too raw right. to have been non-existent at all yeah and it's a it's a when you experience the Mandela, the first thing you'll experience is uh, um, a sickening feeling of, am I crazy or... Exactly. What? Yeah. And then you'll get convicted or, or you'll just say, no, this is not right. This is not right. I know what I experienced, you know. Um, 
for instance, uh, we always, you know, we talk about these children's books and stuff, but Curious George. I, when my kids were growing up, I read Curious George to them. Um, mm -hmm. They loved Curious George and they had the cartoons. Well, guys, oh, the tail. The tail's gone. Yeah, yeah, I know. I used, my, my little brother used to watch Curious George every morning and because he was a few years younger than me, so I remember going off to the bus to the bus stop while to go to elementary school while he was still sitting at home with my mom and like he would be watching curious george and i know vividly that he had a fucking tail right and it, it, and and the thing about apparently it is, he didn't here's the thing <laughs> when you when you see that you're like oh well they changed they changed george you know the artist did exactly but, exactly but then you start doing your checking on it and it and you I, I went and got their books out of storage and pulled them out. And I'm like, what <laughs> is happening? The books in my storage change. That's exactly what happened with me with the with the Berenstein Bears. Yeah. You go and find those old books and they're not the same. Like, like and how do you explain? You can't explain that to anybody <laughs> without, like, seeming like a fucking lunatic. Yeah. And, and you're, you're flipping through the pages and you're like, I remember him hanging from his tail, from that tree limb. And now he's sitting on the tree limb. What is happening here? I read this book to my children every night. You know, I saw that before I went to sleep. So the last thing I saw was Curious George. <laughs> A lot of times I fell asleep with him. But, <laughs> you know. Have, have you ever experienced a flip-flop of a Mandela effect? Not yet. Where I've heard that is now something that's occurring, where it's going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I've seen... I ha I haven't seen them personally for the ones that impact me a lot. So like I so like if Berenstein Bears if the Berenstein Bears I guess went back to being Berenstein Bears tomorrow, that's one that I, that would that would like be like whoa what the fuck like yeah this is some fuckery. But I know some people say like the Febreze one that I, I have seen people on Reddit before saying that it has flip flopped back and forth and. I don't know how much validity there is to it, yeah. but I have seen people saying that it's sometimes like, like say tomorrow we'll go on Google, we'll Google Febreze and it'll be spelled with two E's. And then, you know, maybe five minutes later you'll Google it again and it'll, it'll be back to one E. Right. And, and apparently people have had experiences with flip flops like that. I myself haven't, but I was just curious to see if maybe you had. I, I, I haven't, I would like some of them to go back. Um, <laughs> and the reason being is, is it would, it would, um, I would feel like there was another side out there trying to correct things. You know, um, if we, yeah, if I could, if I could see more of those, I would feel like, okay, somebody's fighting this. There's, you know, and, and the fact that there are people experiencing it, you know, um, I'm like, okay, maybe that's a sign of hope, you know, uh, or it's a battle and, they're just going back and forth, you know, no, we want the world to be this way. And the other party, whoever it is, is saying, no, we want the world to be this way. And what we're seeing is this back and forth with the timelines and the, and the space time continuum. And they're trying to, to jump us into, into, um, you know, different histories because the way the simulation works is that, uh, every moment, I mean, every single moment that you experience, I know this sounds strange, has its own history and its own future. But, oh, yeah. But you're only slicing through that one moment. 
Um, so I think what they're doing is they're they're skipping uh, things around. They're trying to uh, steer the boat down the river of time uh, into the avenues that they want uh, that benefit them. You know, whoever those parties yeah, are. Yeah, of course. Um, and I think our aerospace um, is involved in it. I think top scientists are involved in it. Uh, I don't know who they're working for outside of this reality, but it possibly that they they are working with entities that are saying, "Here's how you do it." Uh, and the entities mm -hmm. probably have an agenda of their own, their own self, you know. And, yeah. and there could be multiple. Uh, community of entities that say, and no, we're, we want this to happen this way, and no, we want it to happen this way, and they're, you know, they're manipulating the whole entire population, and the whole entire um, spectrum of reality. And I don't, uh, you know, I'm a Scorpio, and I hate to be manipulated. <laughs> I hate being manipulated. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. And when I see things like this happening. Uh, it gets me riled up because I don't like uh, having someone else in control, especially of my my future and my past and, and, and what's going on in my life. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I think this is a good place to kind of leave off mm -hmm. on the Mandela effect. And I, I certainly want to have you on again and talk about some of the different avenues and maybe talk a little bit more about the simulation and, and stuff like that. And um, but before we get out of here, I kind of want to see what you think about this. This is kind of related to the Mandela effect. Um, it's a thought that I, I have a lot. And this is just like a rambling thought I have. Do you ever think about the memory, the memories that you do have? Mm -hmm. Do you ever think like th that maybe they still exist and like they're out there somewhere being lived out live? Yes. I mean, uh, it's we're we're opening some doors that are going to be um, concepts that are very hard for our human mind to get around to wrap around. Of course, um, yeah. because if we're in a simulation, we're dealing with a um, you know we we call it an artificial intelligence right now, uh, AI, but I believe what would what could control a simulation of, of this um, sophistication would be something that has gone, has evolved beyond artificial intelligence and is actually now um, almost a living mind, if that makes sense. Um, it's become an entity of itself. Um, and hmm. so in that case, it's going to, the, the, it's going to run at, at the highest efficiency and to, to run at the highest efficiency, you want to have everything occurring simultaneously the illusion is the flow of time that's the illusion there there is no time in the simulation the illusion is created by well basically the movement of space time for instance if i if i dropped you into uh, a vat of black goo that just was endless black goo um, and it was a vacuum no sound no, you had no um, five senses whatsoever. You had no reference point at all, but, I, but you had your fully conscious mind. Would time exist for you as you sat there? No, 
because you have yeah, no reference. Yeah, probably not. Now, if I introduce a light into the goo, and I have that light rotate around you, now, every time that light comes around, you have something to gauge how long you've been in there. Time now exists, okay? Because you're watching, you have motion, and that mm -hmm. motion can be measured, and it can be ticked, and, and now you have whatever that rotation is around you is whatever you want to call it. You can call it a second, you can call it a minute, you can call it an hour. But until you have more references, um, it's going to be a very simplistic rendition of time, but it, you will experience time. Now, so that's how the simulation works, is the, the, we are experienced time through the motion of the simulation. The, 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 uh, the simulation is constantly moving. The only thing that's constant in the simulation is change. It always has to be there. Change always has to occur. Um, and in that change is the creation of time. So that's how it works. That That is some next level <laughs> high, high ideas, blunt talk. Yeah. Uh, that is, I'm pretty sure we just freaked out a bunch of people with this conversation we just had. Well, but that's I fucking the, and love that's, it. And that's I, the thing. It, it, you know, my experience that changed me was in 2009. I have never gone public with any of this stuff. I've done some stuff on Reddit, kind of getting the feelers out there to see how people mm -hmm. respond. Reddit was not a good idea because you've got <laughs> trolls and shills. And, of course. So, and then uh, we kind of hooked up and I said, well, you know, maybe this is the time because of the things that are going on in our world, mm -hmm. the Mandela effect, um, escalating the way it is. And uh, I just think that now I have enough information that I can explain things in a, in a more simplistic way. Now, it's still going to fry your noodle, but uh, <laughs> I can at least explain it in a way that um, I can spoon feed people, you know, the information a little bit so that they don't choke on mm -hmm. it. That's my goal. I want to do it in a way that people don't crawl into a fetal position, lay on the floor, you know, and just shake like I did. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. I think everybody well, has so, to go through that. So speaking of waking people up, I know you've talked to me about this. You have a plan for a podcast. Mm. Do you, do you want to talk about that plug it a little bit, give people an idea of what I, your show is going to be or, or do you want to save that for, for a later time? I, you know, I'm going to put the podcast on hold uh, and I'm going to tell you why I, um, because I'm going to write a book first. Um, okay. I've okay. always been a writer um, and uh, I want to do the book first and try to get that out there um, because I think a book would uh, allow me to explain it in a, in a way that people can understand it. Um, and so then, are, are we talking a nonfiction book here, uh, like an expose on the Mandela effect? No, it wouldn't be on the Mandela effect. It would be on the... Or on the simulation, yeah, I'm sorry? On the simulation, yeah. Uh, okay. And, and how it works, uh, what, what its possible purpose is, what our possible purpose is, and where it wants to go. Because everything has a purpose within the simulation. There's, a, there's an end game. There's an end goal uh, 
if there is a simulation, there has to be a result that that this this uh, system is looking for. So, okay, yeah. Well, I can tell you, you've been a tremendous guest. I mean, I feel like every time I have a guest on, they're they're so great and so you know knowledgeable and and willing to come forth with this information that they have. And you know, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. Um, oh, hopefully, I appreciate we, can, it. we can have some more conversations on the show and off the show as well. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep in touch with each other. I have a mug coming for you. Um, <laughs> a rambling, uh, ramblings of a madman mug. Thank you. Um, and, uh, it should be here. I, I guess got, just got the notification yesterday that they shipped. So it should be here any day. Then I'll send it out to you. And, uh, yeah. So man, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for, um, for rambling on with the rambling madman and I am, and you know I appreciate you letting me let ramble on. I hope I didn't take over <laughs> your show. No, no, I I, I love it. I, it makes it easy for me. So um yeah, I really really appreciate you coming on the show and uh you know we're gonna keep on keeping on. Yeah. Okay, and that about does it for episode ten of Ramblings of a Madman. I hope you enjoyed the episode and the conversation with the speaker, and I hope you learned something today or learned about something new that you may may not have known about before uh, the Mandela effect. I think it was a very good conversation, very eye-opening, very interesting, very educational in a, in a sense. <laughs> and uh, I know he has some pretty big ideas there and um, pretty interesting ideas. So, so I want to thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of the ramblings of a madman. And, uh, you know, don't forget to share this, um, like the post, comment on them if you see my posts on facebook go ahead and share them so this episode reaches a broader audience uh comment like send to whoever you think might be interested in listening to it and together we're going to keep on keeping on don't forget i'm going to be taking a break next week uh and maybe the week after that just to get my ideas in order and plan out some future episodes but after that we'll be right back at it again every thursday morning with a brand new fresh episode of ramblings of a madman so i want you all to keep on keeping on stay safe during this week or two remember that we are all gods out here have a wonderful day <laughs>